In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> Last Sunday, countless churches around our nation celebrated the sanctity of human life. Churches have recognized this sanctity of life month of January since 1984. And we have done so in opposition to the Supreme Court ruling that legalized abortion way back in 1973. In fact, last Sunday was the 50-year anniversary of that. And although legislative progress has recently been made in the last year, and we're glad to see that, the church, even with that progress that we have made, still holds a very important role in proclaiming the value and the sanctity of life, regardless of what legislation around abortion has changed to our congregations, to all people. We are still called as the church triumphant to teach and boldly proclaim today that every life matters. Every life matters. As Christians, we know the sanctity of human life is something our Creator values above all things. But sadly, it's still something that our world views, as we all know, much differently. So I want to begin this morning by looking at uh, what I still believe one of the most very disturbing misconceptions in our world today, and that truly is the value of every human life. I want to go back in time to give you a time stamp of one day in our world when everyone did recognize the value of human life when it came at a tragic gross loss. It was on a Tuesday morning in September 2001. It was the 11th. And as I frantically tried to get my flights on the ground while our nation was being attacked, 3,000 other innocent lives were taken. Lives of business leaders, lives of doctors, lawyers, fellow aviation professionals, future evangelists, mothers and fathers of thousands of children, and one of my relatives not to mention the many first responders that were lost that day. On that infamous day, over 3,000 innocent lives were taken. And that really got our attention as a nation. We saw the volume of lost in a snapshot that changed the world. But what people fail to recognize is then again on Wednesday, September the 12th, another 3,000 innocent lives were taken. And again on September the 14th, and on and on and on till this past year, praise be to God. In fact, every day in this nation, there is still innocent, unborn lives that are being taken by other means. And it's being done so in what the world calls pro-choice. In fact, until last year's laws changed, almost 4,000 lives a day, 28,000 a week, 112,000 a month, over 1.3 million lives a year were ended every year. An innocent life was taken at about every 20 seconds. Those are staggering statistics. Staggering. And after an opening like that, someone may be thinking right now, well, Father, that is a very pointed and hard opening. But isn't this a political issue? Well, let me correct any misunderstanding on that topic right there. 
That is not, and this is not, a political issue. The sanctity of human life is a moral issue. The truth is, it is a moral issue and nothing but a moral issue. And as we honor the sanctity of life today, I want to shine some light on this moral issue and point out what God has to say about it because we seek our moral direction in this world from him and from him alone. Well, let me tone it down a tad. <laughs> How many of you here today who know who Vince Lombardi was? Sure, we all do, right? The late Coach Lombardi every year at the beginning of the football season would gather his brand-new team together, and he'd gather them up all together, and what he would do every single year is he would pick up a football and say, Gentlemen, this is a football. He did it every single year, no matter how great athletes they were. He started at the basics. He went back to the very beginning. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start the same way today because I'm going to raise this up. This is our Bible. And today, we're going to start in the basics of this book, in the book of Genesis, that tells us what life really is. And I think if we work quickly, we might get done before the game's over tonight, and I know Mike's not wanting to see tonight, but uh, <laughs> we'd have some work to get through that. But what Lombardi did was he methodically started right there at that beginning step to teach the importance of the basics of understanding something. And that's what the Bible teaches us, because it's our playbook. And if you open that to the very beginning, you will recognize in that book these words. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Our playbook says this. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. We all clearly heard those words that God created fact is that there is a great deal of misunderstanding around that in recent years, but I'm going to save that for another day. It's something I'm very opinionated on and would love to share my opinion with you if you'd like to listen. But that needs to be pointed out again this morning as well. Fact is, though, there's no misunderstanding and there should be no misunderstanding on where life comes from. And when it comes to us in life, did you ever notice that every time God did create, he said at the end of creation that it is good until he got to creating you in the image of God. And then he said, it is very good because life is very good. And God in this Bible tells us that. Fact of the matter is God created us in his own image for a reason. And we know what the reason was to propagate. Our Bible makes it very clear that God is the giver of all life, all human life, all life, period. And nowhere in our Bible does God give us the authority to take, destroy innocent life that he creates in the name of pro-choice. Let me stop and point out right here that it is also our loving creator, and I need to pause here. It's also our loving creator who tells us that we are not to judge others. The book tells us that too, right? We are called to love one another and never stand in judgment of anyone, anyone who may have had an abortion, anyone who may have encouraged someone to do so. Because we have all sinned and all fallen short of God's desires, haven't we? You betcha. If you haven't, we're going to worship you today. 
We've all fallen short of that. So instead of judging or condemning anyone, we always err on the side of grace. It's probably the wisest thing I've ever heard from one of the pastors I learned from. Always we err on the side of grace because more has been ministered to us than we could ever minister back to other people. Because all of us have made misinformed and misguided decisions in our lives. Has anybody not done that? Good. Makes me feel better. I've made several. <laughs> and that's where we, meaning the church, us, along with organizations like Anglicans for Life, Choices Pregnant Services, Pregnancy Help for You or PH4U, Stepping Stones and other groups can help educate and inform the misinformed. That's what we're called to do as a church. We're called to honor the sanctity of life and help others who are making decisions to make wise decisions. And the fact of the matter is, about one out of every four women in our nation has had an abortion. And almost one out of every ten within the church has had an abortion. Brothers and sisters, as informed believers, we know that God has an immeasurable love for all of us, all of us. And his amazing grace forgives all of us, no matter what bad decisions we made in our lives or what decisions we have helped others make that weren't good ones. He will also always grant us the healing desire we need if we ask for him. We all know that too, right? So we're in agreement with everything that's been said today. The question becomes, as individuals, what can we do about this moral issue? Or maybe you're thinking, what difference can I make as just one person here today? Well, let me tell you an old parable that will answer that. One day, a young man was walking along a beach, and ahead in the distance, he noticed someone walking in front of him. The person in the distance seemed to stop about every few steps, and when they did, they would stop and bend over and then stand back up and throw something into the sea. Well, the young man's curiosity was aroused, so he hurried forward. And as he got closer, he saw that it was an old man. And the old man would stop every few steps and then bend over and pick up a starfish and toss it back into the ocean. It was then that this young man noticed that there were thousands of them up on the beach that had been stranded there by the high tide. As the young man got closer to the old fellow, he thought to himself, that is so pointless. Why does he even bother with that? Finally, when he came up alongside the older man, he stopped and asked him and said, sir, why are you doing that? It's, in, it's, it's pointless. Why? There's thousands of them here. You can't save all these starfish. It's useless. What does it matter? Well, that old man paused for a moment. And he looked down at the little crusty creature in his hand. He turned it over and he said, Well, you know, son, it matters to this one. And he tossed it back into the sea. Friends, every Life matters. Every life matters. Like the old man in that parable, we too can make a difference. Everyone in this church can make a difference, and you're called to make a difference. I'm not the only one that preaches this. You're the church. We all preach this. This is what we believe. This is doctrinally sound and what we believe in Scripture. We can make a difference, though, by getting involved, by participating. Participate at the life chain or the annual demonstration here in Dallas, or at the March of Life, which I've gladly stood at countless times, or by giving to ministries like Anglican's Life or 
pregnancy help for you or countless others in our community. One of them, PH4U, is right across the street. And these baby bottles right there belong to them. And these help young women in that season. Or maybe we can help by simply speaking out for the unborn that don't have a voice, who can't speak for themselves. Because, see, what you don't understand is despite what you may think, you can make a difference. One individual can make a difference. One individual can save a life because every life matters. Every human life begins at conception in the womb. Our Bible makes it very clear that human life begins in the womb at conception. Remember hearing David's words from Psalm 139? We just said them. For you formed my inner parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. God would say to the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb I knew you. Before you were born I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Friends, scripture makes it clear that God forms us in the womb and God alone brings life to this earth. We have a role in that, but God is what conceives life. Those verses reveal very clearly that before we were born, while we were still in the womb, God had mapped out a plan and a purpose for your life, for every human life. Jeremiah, as we know, was appointed by God to be a prophet, the weeping prophet, a single voice to his people. Even before he was born, while he was still in the womb, his destiny had been shaped from the moment of conception. God has a plan for every single unborn life. If Jeremiah had never been born, history would be different today. This Bible would be different. If you had never been born, this world would be different today. If you don't believe that, go back and watch It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart does a great job showing you what it would have been like if you weren't here, if you don't believe it. Friends, we, we look at this annually because every life does matter. It's that important, and the church has a charge to do so. And for young people here today, and we got young people in here today, let me bring another point to you. There are only two biblical options available for what the world calls unplanned pregnancy. That's what the world calls it. Because the truth is, my friends, there are no unplanned pregnancies. None. No unplanned pregnancies. God creates every life for his purpose and his will alone. The divinely designed first option, option number one, is obviously to have the child, nurture it, care for it, and raise it up in the way of the Lord. But there is a second option, and that is the option of adoption. That is the second option. Adoption is the only biblical alternative. Adoption is the only biblical alternative. Ephesians 1.5 says, God predestined us so that as adoption to himself as sons and daughters, we would be his children. Through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Friends, it's through adoption that all of us can call each other brothers and sisters. That's how it happens. We are all adopted as God's children. 
Well, let me go ahead and land the plane because I'll get running on here. But um, let's go ahead and bring it down. On February 23rd of 1931, the birth of an unplanned child occurred to a young unwed mom involved in an adulterous affair with a prominent married man. At that time, abortions were legal in our, or illegal in our nation, I should say. But they were still available and still being performed in crude, out-of-sight, out-of-mind places. And even though we've legal, or made this illegal to do this in this state, trust me, abortions will continue, which is why it's important for us to continue to push this message. This young woman gave birth to that child. She could have aborted that child. Child's father had connections, could have easily arranged for an abortion even back then. But this young lady, for whatever reason, decided to carry that child and place it up for adoption. The baby was born, placed in an orphanage, and was adopted as a young boy. Despite being adopted by a couple who struggled with alcoholism, which eventually took both their lives, this child, by the grace of God, persevered. The boy eventually escaped that early childhood chaos as a rebellious teenager by enlisting in the military. He served in Korea, and after the war, he worked multiple jobs to earn a college degree at night. He experienced a spiritual awakening and committed his life to following Christ and serving the Lord. He then went on to become a successful business leader and state politician. He became actively involved in the church raised a family, modeled a life of unmeasurable sacrificial, sacrificial service to God, family, and country, and also served and chaired numerous charitable organizations and humanitarian causes. I can proudly tell you that adopted child was my dad. Folks, had that young woman in 1930 not chosen life, my father would have never been born or adopted, and I wouldn't be standing before you this moment preaching about the sanctity of human life as God had planned for me to do in the womb before the foundation of the world. Friends, what the world calls unplanned pregnancy, God calls miracles. And the truth is, everyone sitting in here today and everyone who's breathing and given life is a miracle. Because every life matters. Every life matters. Each and every child that is ever conceived, God has a plan and purpose for. Just as God said to the prophet Jeremiah in 29:11, I know the plans I have for you, declared the Lord, plans to prosper you, not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Folks, there have been almost 63 million abortions in this nation in the last 50 years. 63 million. 63 million innocent lives taken out of God's plan and purpose. Lives he created and had a plan and a purpose for. Let's face it, man. One of those lives could have been the person chosen to, to cure cancer. It could have been one of those lives that was going to be the next Billy Graham that was going to start the great crusade that we need now in our world. 
God only knows. Friends, the church, which is us, the church, has a responsibility in this cause annually. We must never forget the basic biblical truth here. That God chose life and created life and God said it is very good. Adoption is the biblical option, the only option. We are all adopted children of God. And his, as his adopted children, we are called to celebrate life. We are called to protect life. And we're called to honor all life because every life matters. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.